Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Guardians of the Future podcast over at Next Year in Cleveland, the new uh, place you can find my writing. I'm Justin Latta, uh, formerly of Guardians Baseball Insider. You've listened to this feed, obviously, before with uh, going back to its IVI days and smoke signals and all that. But um, I realized I haven't done a whole lot of intros for this. Uh, so if you're new here, just listen for the first time. Uh, or if you're a longtime listener, uh, you can find me at jail underscore baseball. You can follow the uh, writing on Twitter. If you are a Twitter person, who knows what people are doing on Twitter these days, if they still are. Uh, but you can find that on next year in CLE, or you can uh, just go to next year in Cleveland com and get it right to your email. Um, appreciate if you are a regular listener, or if you are, like I said, listening for the first time, please feel free to leave a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, would love to have some um, reviews, some ratings, wherever you can do that. If you're on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is these days, I'm, I'm not an Apple user. So if you are on a platform listening to this podcast, whether it's on YouTube, which will still be on YouTube from now on, and if you are a listener to any kind of uh, audio platform that allows for reviews, we'd appreciate one. Um, even if it's not, you know, a five-star review, we'd love to, I'd, I would love to hear um some constructive criticism. So if you've got something you'd like to see improve in the podcast or an idea, uh, feel free to leave that. Going to try to get into some regular content once again on here as the minor league season wrapped up. Obviously, you can find a lot of my podcasts or a lot of my thoughts on the Guardian system over at Lockdown Guardians uh, five days a week, starting again in a few in a couple weeks here. Um, but like to leave this this podcast and channel open for different ideas, especially focusing specifically on the minor league system for the Guardians. So as camp starts to ramp up, we'll be back with more regular podcasts. I'll have guests. Uh, like I said, sometimes it'll just be solo with me. Um, we might have Willie Hood back on occasionally from time to time. Some other writers, too. Um, like I've said, there's some other writers that have worked with me in the past. Matthew Cannell, who will be covering some uh, Columbus and uh, Lake County stuff when they're on the road in Indy. Tyler Stotsky in Columbus as well. Um, so there'll be some other guys on here, broadcasters from the teams. We'll try to get other players on, some coaches, maybe some front office members. Uh, we'll see what we can do. But today on this episode of the Guardians of the Future podcast, um, we are going to have Guardians 2022 draft pick Nate Furman join us. Uh, Nate is uh, a really fun player to watch. There's not a lot of video floating around on out there on the uh, interwebs and, and Twitter and all that stuff, unfortunately, but the little there is out there of him, uh, the clips are a lot of fun. People have said they love the way he plays, makes contact. This is a player who fits the Guardians' recent mold by a lot. He makes a lot of contact. He makes good swing decisions. He plays hard. He can take extra bases. He's versatile. He can play different positions. And um, also rooting for him because a former friend, uh, former uh, acquaintance, and, and I'll say friend of mine, uh, was the guy who scouted him. So super excited for, for Nate, and I'm super excited for um, all that as well to, to see him this year. I'm not sure where Nate's going to start the year. I, my inkling is that it should be Lake County. I, don't, I think there's some younger guys who um, are coming up from the complex league last year that probably should be in Lynchburg to start the year. This is why not having short season ball is such a pain, because this wouldn't be an issue so much if you could figure all this out. But uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like... Uh, Nate's skill set and um, just his his college experience and, and then the KP is ready for the challenges of high A and, and, and 
uh, is from Philadelphia, so he's uh, used to the cold. Won't be an issue playing in the cold weather of uh, of Lake County. But I, I think he's ready for the challenge of high A, and um, I think his skill set will translate great. I think he's a guy Clevelanders are really going to love. Like I said, he plays hard every time he's on that field. I think you guys are going to really enjoy him as an interview as well. I had a great time talking to him. Um, just really excited to watch him play and, and excited for Guardians fans to get to know him. He is definitely the uh, the kind of player that fits in well uh, with what the Guardians are doing right now and the uh, just Cleveland just Cleveland fans in general. So uh, we'll leave it at that for this week. This is uh, going to be just an interview with Nate and me. Hope you guys enjoy it. And like I said, as we get back towards um, – the, reg- the regular season and spring training. I'll be back with uh, with more regular podcasts, hopefully. Um, probably come on here and talk about the list a little bit. So if you are a reader of Next Year in Cleveland or you were of Guardians Baseball Insider, um, definitely head over to, like I said, nextyearincleveland.substack.com and uh, Next Year in CLE on, on Twitter if you're on Twitter. Uh, I'll put the link in the show description as always, but uh, we will have our, our prospect rankings and scouting reports coming out here real soon. Uh, if you follow my work, uh, you've already seen my personal list and a quick, quick blurb on some of those players, but we will have an official site list and scouting reports that you are used to seeing um, as well. So that's going to be coming soon. I'll have some other content coming out as well, and hopefully I'll be kind of doing some of that in audio form or in video form on the podcast. So stay tuned for all that stuff. Like I said, uh, thanks for listening and downloading, rating, reviewing, whatever you can share with a friend if they are a baseball fan or a Guardians fan. Um but especially this one, you know, I think you're going to enjoy the podcast or the interview with Nate. I really appreciate him taking the time to do this uh, as he is getting ready for his first uh, pro season. So uh, with that, we will uh, be back on the other side of things to talk to our guest today, 2022 Cleveland Guardians draft pick, Nate Furman. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, enjoy. All right, we're back on the Guardians of the Future podcast. And for the first time ever on the podcast, I'm joined by a Cleveland Guardians prospect who has yet to make his Major League debut. That is 2022 Cleveland Guardians draft pick Nate Furman from UNC Charlotte. Nate, thanks for uh, taking the time to hang out with us tonight. Yeah, of course, Justin. I appreciate you having me on. Super excited. Cool. Well, I'm sure the fans will be excited to get to know you. Uh, just how are things going? I know you're in Arizona right now already and uh, – getting ready for the season. So how has the preparation been going? Have you been doing anything fun too, to kind of keep things loose while you're training for the season? Yeah, everything's great. Uh, I was actually in January camp. So we just wrapped up uh, last week. So I wanted to stay on the West coast if I could. So I have, uh, I'm actually in California right now. My aunt and uncle live out here. So I didn't want to go home and uh, get into a routine at home and everything. So out, out here for a couple of weeks and then going to return back to, uh, good year to get going for spring training so everything's good that's cool what are you guys what are you doing in california now that you have a you know a little bit of downtime before you have to go back and get ready yeah just uh just hanging out really working out every day um trying to keep my body ready 
body and bo- uh, mind and body ready to go uh, for when I get back. So trying to stay moving. Uh, it's been great though. Definitely a little bit more downtime and uh, just trying to hone in on sleep and and the good stuff like that. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I thought maybe you're in Arizona, but I guess not. I was going to say, I know, I hear you're a big Eagles fan, so I thought maybe you'd be a little bit closer to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. We're recording this <laughs> 10 days out, but how are you feeling? Are you, are you flying high right now? Oh, man, it's been so much fun uh, watching them play. I, I remember watching them earlier in the year, and I was talking to my brothers, and I was like, man, uh, this is the best Eagles team I've seen really since 2017. Uh, the the Super Bowl. So it's been really cool to watch them play. I'm loving it. Uh, Super excited for the Super Bowl. Um, Phoenix is going to be rocking, man. It's going to be so cool. I know Eagles fans will make the trip and it'll be it'll be a fun time and hopefully they can get the job done. Yeah. Are you you feeling good about their chances? I mean, I know Mahomes has the ankle issue, but he played okay in that weird Chiefs and Bengals game. But are you feeling pretty good about their chances? I am. I am. I'm feeling good. I think uh, I think they can get it done. I really do. I think the Chiefs are just a juggernaut, man. They're good every year, and Mahomes is incredible. Um, but the the Eagles seem to be clicking on all cylinders, and uh, I think they're I think they're ready to go. And hopefully, it's it's a repeat of 2017 and uh, bring a championship back to Philly. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles didn't get their due praise this year, to be honest with you. Like everyone's talking about Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, all those guys with those established young group of quarterbacks and those in the Bills, Josh Allen. And I feel like the Eagles and Jalen Hurts just kind of get left down there. And to me, they've been like the most complete team in the NFL this year. I'm not, I don't have any real allegiances to any NFL teams besides my own fantasy team and whoever I bet on. But to me, I think the Eagles have been the most complete team this year. Yeah, I think, uh, man, they're just both sides of the ball. They are. They are really good, uh, and I think they have great, a great chemistry and great culture. Uh, Nick Sirianni is just running, running a tight ship, and Jalen Hurts has been so, so good. I, his story is is awesome um, from from college and him coming to the pros. He's definitely gotten better every year, and I think he's really leading those guys. Um, so it's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. Nick Sirianni, uh, all Cleveland tie there was a Mount Union guy. Yes, then, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clevelanders will be happy no matter what. I kind of, I think, because they've got uh, Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs and Jason Kelsey on the Eagles, both Cleveland Heights guys. So there's a lot of uh, local interest around here. But I guess no matter who wins, uh, a Cleveland guy wins, which is always good for us because no the Browns aren't ever going to the Super Bowl. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be tough. This is why I don't have an NFL allegiance because I've given up on on that sort of thing. As long as my fantasy team does good and I can root for. Any Buckeyes. I'm a big Buckeye guy living in Ohio, so I just there try to go. keep it to that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little about you. What was what was draft day like for you? I mean, you didn't obviously get to play this year. We'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit, but uh, I'm sure draft day was super exciting. Where were you when you got the call and um, what went through your mind and uh, were you expecting it? Man, it, it was – it would, to, to sum it up briefly, it was the best day of my life. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, my family, I was, I was in the Cape Cod playing, uh, at the time and I didn't want to go home. And so my parents came up, my brothers came up, I had two uncles there and my aunt was there. Uh, and it was so much fun. We, we, they came up on Friday, um, and everything happened on Sunday. So they got to see me play on Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday was just an amazing day. Uh, having them there was so important to me. My family is is the best. Uh, they are they are my rock, and for them to be there when 
when everything happened, it was just so cool. And it was an experience I'll, I'll never forget. And I keep reliving it at least probably once a week just to uh, kind of take a look back and um, kind of see like how amazing this is and what I'm getting to do. So to sum it up, it, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So you were actually out in the Cape Cod when you got drafted, you weren't home, you were still playing at that point. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. in Orleans. It was a great summer, had so much fun, uh, got to meet so many cool guys. And for that, for that to happen was just, uh, everything I, I could have ever dreamt of. Yeah. The Cape Cod, like I've never been out there. So my bucket list to go out and see. So I, I worked in a, uh, the college summer league in New York for a couple of years, the broadcast and I really enjoyed it and the players seemed to enjoy it. So it seems like a college summer ball is one of those really cool things that I hope everybody gets the chance to do in baseball. Cause I think for everybody involved, it's just super cool, but uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I know you can't you know, speak for the organization, but I'm sure you've seen the things around that they, they tend to have an affinity for guys who play well in the Cape. So what do you think it is? I'm sure other teams do too, but what do you think it is, you know, based on your experience out there that, might draw teams to players that have that kind of not, not just experience in the Cape, but the success you had, what do you think, uh, why are teams drawn to that? Maybe. Uh, I think it's a combination of one. There are amazing players, uh, kind of the way that the Cape looks at it is the best players in college baseball. So that's just so cool. And I, I think it's a combination of that. And I can speak on the position player side. It is a really tough place to hit. Um, coming from college where you have batter's eyes, you have new lights, uh, things like that. The Cape Cod, are, they're old old school fields. They're, a lot of them are high school fields, actually. Um, so when you combine the, the high school fields and no batter's eyes and the lights are, are pretty, pretty old, when you combine all those things, I think it is definitely a tough place to hit. So on the position player side, I would say it's a combination of the, the talent and the, the difficulties that come with playing and, and uh, performing up there. So it was, it, like you said about, about college summer ball, it's, it's one of those things that I think is underrated. Um, you know, you get to meet so many guys and, and cool people, places, you get to go places that you maybe would never go. Uh, so that's the really cool thing. And I got to meet guys from all around the country. So it, I would say it's, it's definitely a combination of those two things, and I had a blast. Yeah, those are good times for sure. Uh, but you you said it's hard to hit there, and I'm sure it is, but you had a lot of success out there. So what do you think it was about your game and, and just your pre- preparation in that league that allowed you to have success in, like you said, the best college league there is? Yeah, I think I think just trying to simplify everything. Um, so not trying to to do too much. It, it is it. I would be remiss if I didn't say that it is definitely a little intimidating. Uh, you know, you hit BP, there's – 30 scouts there and it's, you know, you're trying to focus on the things that you do well. So I, I just kind of stuck to my routines um, and tried to stay in a groove and, and was able to play well and, and uh, we were able to win some ball games. So it was, it was a lot of fun and, and against that competition, especially after a long college season, really just staying like sticking to the, those routines and trying to simplify everything and just take it one day, uh, even one pitch, one at bat, one game at a time. So that really helped me. Is that just kind of how your game is? Then you just try to keep everything, you know, whether no matter where you're playing, if it's Cape Cod or college or, you know, this coming season, you just try to keep things one at bat at a time and keep things pretty simple. Yeah, I would, I would say so. That's huge for me. Uh, not trying to look, look down the line or, um, you know, look at anything past 
the presence. So that's been huge for me. And uh, really just getting lost in the game. I, I love to interact with teammates. And um, I, I have this thing in the, in the dugout where I stand kind of like on the front step um, so I don't get distracted and I can kind of stay locked in and, and really hone in the game. So I, I would say I, wherever I am and, and uh, wherever I'm playing, I just get lost in the game. And um, that helps me kind of simplify it and take it, take it one pitch at a time. Yeah, I can, I can kind of tell that would be part of your game, staying up there, being engaged. Just There's not a whole lot of clips, you know, floating around the internet, unfortunately, but the ones I've been able to see, it looks like you really busted out of the box. I mean, you you hit the ball and you hit the ground running, man. So it seems like you are, I don't, really, I don't know, want to say dirtbag, but may, maybe kind of a dirtbag. I mean, it looks <laughs> like you are you are going 110 miles an hour every time, every clip I've seen. Yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of my thing, Justin. I I uh, grew up and um, I grew up and my my family taught me uh, this from a young age. Like whatever you do, give it a hundred percent because you you don't know what could come from it and you don't know when it's you know maybe the last time you get to do whatever you're doing. So I've kind of taken that that mantra, I guess, to to baseball. Um, you know, whenever. Whenever I get the chance to step in between those lines, like it's it's a hundred percent for me. I I feel uh, you know if I take it easy or I let off the gas pedal, like I shouldn't be doing it. So it's uh it's one of those things where I love it. You know, a hundred percent. I can probably tone it back a little bit sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, like a routine you know routine fly out. Like I can I can maybe tone it back a little bit, but it's just it's kind of not how I'm wired. So um, like you said, like really hard out of the box and just trying to play with my hair on fire. Yeah, I was going to say that too, but I didn't want to use a <laughs> reference that maybe look older than I than I already am. So um, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess here based on where you grew up. For those who don't know, Nate is uh, outside Philadelphia, hence he's an Eagles fan. Um, and your style play, being a second base, and I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and guess that Chase Utley was your favorite player growing up. Man, you nailed it. You know, <laughs> that, was, that seemed pretty obvious. Yeah, it, we had it. We had a thing when we, you know, we were growing up we would refer to Chase Utley, not as Chase Utley, but as the man. So we would just call him the man. So I grew up uh, watching him play and and his style. Uh, he never took a, a pitch off. So that's kind of definitely who I modeled my game after. And he's one of my favorite players ever, if not my, my favorite. You ever had a chance to meet him? I have not. I have not. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I was going to ask you before about the Eagles too. I said, uh, "Have you have you called Mike Trout yet to see if uh, you know you guys are both big Eagles fans? Have you guys have discussed their Super Bowl chances yet too?" Yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, but he's been he's a diehard man. He's at every game, uh, and it's it's definitely cool for other Eagles fans to see that because he's from uh, he's from Millville, not far into South Jersey. So the fact that he still comes to the games and has season tickets is is a really cool thing. I was gonna say he'll probably be down in Phoenix if you uh, you know want to make your way down there for the Super Bowl since you're not too far away. I right. Bet you he'll be down there. Yeah. <laughs> he'll definitely yeah he'll definitely make the trip out and then probably he'll be there anyways for spring training. I would think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he might be front row. He might be working <laughs> that out right now. <laughs> might as well be yeah. If you're there, you never know when they might get to go back. There's no guarantees uh, in sports, unfortunately. Um, who who are you have you been getting to know from your draft class or just in general uh, in the organization you've been hanging out with? I mean, are you? I'm sure you've met everybody at this point, but uh, you know who have you been working with? Yeah, it's been it's been great to meet uh, all the guys. We have unbelievable dudes, uh, unbelievable players. Like it's been so much fun to kind of chop it up and talk with them about their experiences in college or high school. 
um, and, and their road to where we're at now. So I would say my two closest buddies, I, I lived with them when we're at the complex, uh, Press Cavanaugh, he went to UNC Greensboro and then Guy Lipscomb from Belmont. Um, and it helps that we're position players as well. So we're on the same schedule. Um, but really everybody, like we're, we're good friends and, um, excited to get to know, get to know them a little bit more, but I would say press and guy are, are the two dudes that I've been around the most. Did you play against any of those guys in college? I actually played against press. So me, me and press, uh, it's a funny story. My, my senior year of high school was COVID 2020. So we didn't have a high school season, uh, and going into Charlotte, I hadn't played a game in, uh, since probably October of the, the previous year or so. My coaches at Charlotte really wanted me to play, and there was a summer league going on uh, right south of Charlotte. So I went down there and, and lived for a couple months and got to play in a summer league, and Press was playing in it. So it, it turned out that Press was the player of the year that year in the summer league, and I remember watching him play. I was like, man, this dude can really swing it. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward a couple years, and, and we're living together. So it's, uh, it's a pretty pretty cool how that worked out. I know there, I, I'm sure there might be more, but I know there is one current guy in the system you have faced uh, in college. Do you, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. The, uh, yeah. the, the, the tall guy who throws <laughs> Yeah, you got you got a hit off him. Have you guys talked at all? Have you seen him? Yeah, I actually uh, got, to, got to meet him for the first time this past camp, and we were kind of talking about, uh, we talked a little bit about that game and uh, was kind of picking his mind on what he thinks about the like everything that's happened and uh his experience in the organization so far so that was really cool to meet gavin and he's a stud man he is he's the jid and he's a really nice guy so it was cool to meet him and, and talk it up yeah he's nasty i just watching him last year i don't know how <laughs> anybody wants to get the box against that i mean you got 97 99 coming at your head and he's a tall guy and then he drops that giant breaking ball like it's almost like you know i don't want to say randy johnson but he's you know he's tall and he's got that presence and Got that yeah. nasty breaking stuff. I mean, I don't know how anybody stands the box <laughs> against him. Couldn't be me. Funny, uh, funny story about that, Justin. Is so before that game, which huge game. I mean, it was the the primetime game and the regional, and we we had a great group of guys and ECU. Like it was packed. We had gone to get COVID tested that morning. We didn't play until seven. I think first pitch was. We had gone at nine a.m. to get COVID tested, and the parking lot was full. People were already tailgating. So we were like, man, like it's it's going to be wild out here tonight. So we're watching pregame film of of Gavin, and uh, it was a start that he had earlier in the year. And I think he he had like 15 punchies. I mean, guys were just like swinging like crazy, and he was just he like he was locked in. And I remember I remember our coach was like, listen, guys, like this is the real deal. Like this is what you want. <laughs> But to face him in a, in a primetime game uh, like that. And I remember guy like our teammates, my teammates were looking around like, dude, this guy's, this guy's legit. Like we got, we, we got to bring our A game tonight. Um, so that was, that's a good story that I always refer to whenever someone asks me about Gavin Williams and that experience, because he, uh, he's a stud and um, you need your, you know, you need your best in the box when you're facing him for sure. Yeah, I mean, now that you're you're in the pros, you can at least say chances are you're not going to see too many guys. I mean, there there are a lot of good pitchers, obviously, but you know, you've already seen one of the best guys and yeah. <laughs> guys you're coming up with. Yeah, you've already got a hit off him too. So 
He got that hanging over him too, which is probably funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know how much of a chance you had to watch the team last year, obviously, you know, getting involved and getting ready in Arizona, but uh, obviously a good season for the the guys in the MLB club. And you see guys like uh, Stephen Kwan, Will Brennan, Tyler Freeman, all these guys that I think have, you know, maybe have similar skill sets to you where they make a lot of contact. They run well, uh, really good swing decisions. Does it help you at all or give you any confidence to see, okay, the organization really likes this style of player and that's kind of who you are. And, and you see these guys having success at the big league level. Does that give you a lot of confidence? I'm, I'm sure you have tons of confidence. You don't make it this far without having, you know, a lot of confidence in yourself as it is, but it does it give you, you know, a lot of, you look at that and you're like, okay, my stuff can translate too. Cause I have similar skill sets. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's really cool um, that you bring that up because the, the organization values that so much, uh, the bat, the ball skills, the swing decisions. And I think when we were going, when I was going through the draft process, um, everything that, that I kept hearing was about the swing decisions and the contact. And Stephen Kwan was like the guy like that, that he was the reference. Um, you know, when you're, when you break it down and you look at the analytics of it, Stephen Kwan is, he sets the standard for that, uh, those different, analytics so when I was going through the draft process it was like all you know just referring to him and what he does in the box and the decisions that he makes so it's really cool to be in the organization now and see that that they value it so much and it's really cool that there I mean there's other guys like you just said Will Brennan and, and Tyler Freeman that do that those things very well um, so it's it's really cool in talking with the hitting coaches to keep that and keep working on that stuff and then adding other stuff that, you know, in your swing, just adding to the tool belt. So that's kind of the the surface and what I do well. So to answer your question, it definitely gives me confidence. And it's really cool to see that the organization values that so much and um, it's good stuff. Yeah. You're in a good place for it forever. They've had the pitching pipeline and now it seems they've really identified a, a set of hitters they really like, and you seem to be one of them. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of the playoffs at all last year or just the team perform as you got kind of acclimated to the organization? Yeah, it was great. It, it was so cool really honing in and, and watching them play. I mean, the, the brand of baseball that they play is top-notch and it's it's hard-nosed. Like every pitch is is 100%. So being able to watch them play and, and them go so deep in the playoffs was so awesome. I remember right when we got drafted, like every day – that the guardians were playing and they were on the TVs. Like if there was a TV in the weight room and the guardians were playing, like the game was on. So it was really cool to, to see that and be able to watch them play so much. And then the great run in, in the playoffs was, was amazing to watch and um, just an awesome year for, for the club and Cleveland as a city. Yeah, it was not, not quite like Philadelphia last year, but uh, <laughs> you know, had, had the guardians and the Cavs are doing good and, yeah, the, the Browns, the Browns. Um, only a few guys from your from your draft class got to chase kind of uh, action before the season ended. Uh, I'm sure it was hard not to play, but you know, we've talked to some other guys this offseason about kind of the Guardians' plan for you guys and getting you guys acclimated to the pro ball. Um, what was it like just trying to, you know, you didn't get a chance to play in actual games last year, at least on the affiliate side. So what was that like? And um, does that pro- did that process help you a lot? Some guys said that they felt like, it was a lot better for them to get their feet under them under that program versus maybe going out and just playing right away. Yeah, it, it was awesome. We, we got acclimated so quick 
and we're really able to get a feel for what the organization does, what what is important to the organization, and really just them be able to get to know us. Uh, we went through a ton of tests, just you know, them trying to figure out who we are as a person, as an athlete, like what we do well. Um, so to answer your question, it was great. I loved it. I I got I like we were talking about. I had the opportunity to play this summer, so it was it was a long year for me, um, and for me to just be able to be at the complex with with the other guys and and working out and getting used to pro ball was was a lot of fun and I I think it was great for sure. You were talking too a little bit ago about just kind of adding things to your game. Is there anything that you feel like you've already improved in that maybe some things they've taught you that you've worked on in your swing or I know Cleveland's been famous for like I think everybody at this point has like the blast motion sensors and I know they've done some weighted bat training things like that. What are some things that you have kind of picked up so far? Yeah, well, I was actually doing in December, I did a bat speed program. So that was great, uh, kind of working through that. And we saw a bunch of good results from that. So I would say one main thing that that's one main thing that we've done um, this offseason, but they really just want me to get a full pro season under, under my belt. Um, and they can kind of get to know me better as a hitter and, and what I do. you know, in game. So I think not too many changes, um, but really just trying to fine tune things and really get us ready for the season. I mean, the the last January camp was awesome. We were out on the field every day um, and get, they were getting us as close as we could possibly get to game, like to get us ready for live at bats uh, and rolling into games and spring training. So I would say it's definitely, Definitely been a great offseason being able to to work with the coaches and um, get better for sure. Now you played a lot of second base in college, but you've played, you know, a little bit of third, a little bit of short, a little bit of outfield. I think most of your outfield experience what came in a college summer league before the Cape. So um, I'd imagine, you know, you're most comfortable on the infield, but uh, you feel like second base is your best position. Are you ready to play other positions this year? Yeah, I would say second base. I'm definitely comfortable over there, uh, but totally open to moving around the infield or in the outfield. Um, I've always been the kind of guy like wherever, wherever the team needs me, I'm ready. So whatever, uh, whatever they throw at me, I'll be ready to go. And um, still like trying to get ready for that. So been taking ground balls all over the infield um, and trying to get ready to go for whatever the season brings and um, looking forward to it. All right. Well, I know you haven't made your official pro debut, but let's but let's jump ahead and let's imagine that you're you're getting ready to make your major league debut. Who is the pitcher on the mound you either don't want to face or maybe the guy you want to face because you want you know the best challenge in your first at bat? Man, that's uh, that's a great question. I would say the guy that I'm not looking to face is Degrom. I would say I like he. If I, if I had to pick a righty, if I had to pick a lefty, I would probably say Kershaw. I mean, that 12-6 is devastating to left-handed hitters and right-handed hitters, honestly. Um, but I would say those two. And then if I were if I were to hit off a guy, it would be Aaron Noah. I think that would be so cool to I, – I mean, I've seen him pitch for years with the Phillies. Um, and just the way he attacks hitters is, is so cool to watch. So I would say that I, I would like to hit off Noah. <laughs> Yeah, he had a great year last year. He's had a good career so far, for sure. I feel like he's one of the uh, underrated aces out there, too, that he doesn't 
always get mentioned with uh, the top guys in the league, but he has been consistent throughout his career for sure. No doubt. <laughs> um, what are you doing in your, your downtime? Are you a golfer? I know some guys like to, to fish. I don't know how much fishing there was in Philadelphia growing up. I'm, I've never been out there, but uh, what are your hobbies when you're not, you know, trying to work on baseball stuff? Man, I am uh, – the people that are closest to me would tell you this too. I'm a huge Netflix and movie guy. Like I, I can hang out and watch uh, watch shows and, and movies. I don't play video games, so uh, no video games, and I am – not a big fisher and I, I don't golf. So there's not too many other, <laughs> there's not too many other hobbies. Uh, but I, I love kind of just relaxing and uh, it's usually how I end my nights, like either watching some sports or uh, throwing on a movie or, or a TV show. So what do you, what do you watch on Netflix right now? Or what, what have you watched recently? Oh man. Um, when I was in Goodyear, me and Guy watched, a show on Amazon Prime. It was called Reacher. It was really good show. We really enjoyed that. Um, but I would say my favorite show on Netflix is probably The Blacklist. I loved The Blacklist. I started watching that during COVID and uh, cruised through the eight or ten seasons, however many it was. Um, it, it can be a little gruesome at times, so it's it's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely dark. Uh, but I was able to work through that, and it has a great underlying story. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, and those episodes usually aren't connected, so you can always jump into one and not have to feel like you missed one either. I just watched Severance on uh, Disney – or not Disney, on uh, – was on Apple TV. And that was okay. kind of like a very Black Mirror-type vibe, very uh, dark, I would say. Dark, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to stay away from that stuff. I mean – once in a while is good. I like horror movies, but some of those are so okay. cheesy too. The tough thing um, is too, like before, you know, you usually sit down and watch something before you go to bed. So if you're watching something that's, that's a little dark, it's like, oh man, like the middle of the night, crazy dream. It's like, right. Gosh, probably shouldn't have watched that. <laughs> yeah. Then you're staying up later to watch like a comedy. So you can kind of erase that from your head before you go yeah, to bed. Exactly. And then, and then <laughs> you're waking up and you're, it's like, oh man, like why did I go to bed so late? Well, I <laughs> right. shouldn't have watched the dark show. <laughs> yeah, you got to have like that cutoff. Okay, it's too late to start watching this kind of program. No doubt. <laughs> um, I was gonna say if you get to to Ohio this year, I'm not sure where you know if you'll be in Lynchburg or Lake County, but uh, I was gonna say you don't golf or fish. That is kind of the the main thing out here. Guys will probably eventually tell you is uh, Northeast Ohio. There's a lot of go good golf courses. There's a lot of good fishing. I know a lot of guys like to play uh, to play video games too, but I guess you know. A lot of guys like to pass time with movies too. So, but I just yeah. know that's the one hobby guys usually pick up when they're out here. So maybe somebody will convince you. Yeah, maybe might might have to be open minded to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially early in the season. I mean, you're you're from Philly, so you know you don't have to worry about like the cold stuff and like some guys when they come in here and they've never played in like 30, 40 degree weather and don't know what to do with themselves on their days off. You'll be used to that. But there's guys out there playing golf in forty degree weather out here. Trust me, if, it, if it's sunny out and it's dry, guys are out doing stuff. Yeah, they'll bundle up. They'll bundle up and get their get their uh, their game in. <laughs> yeah, you got to something to take your mind off of it and enjoy those off days too. I like I like the new schedule with having the Mondays off because I know it's good for you guys and it's good for those of us to cover the team too. I'm I'm excited to keep that schedule going. All right, real quick. Um, I don't want to. I don't. You have to give it away. But what uh, what walk up music have you used in the past? And do you have any uh, ideas for yourself this year? Man, I I think I'm gonna keep my one from college 
Uh, I used the the rain by DMX. It it kind of came. A, a former teammate of mine, my freshman year, um, walked into a locker room and he actually. I was looking for a walk up song. I didn't really know what to do. I love country music, um, but I didn't really know if that would have been a great walkout song. So I was like trying to figure it out. And this fifth year guy walked in. He was he and he said to me, he said, Firm, you're from Philly, right? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. And he was like, he, I heard you you're tough. Like Philly guys are supposed to be tough. And I was like, All right, yeah, you know, I think I would like to think so. And he said, If you're like if you're tough, you're if you're as tough as you think you are, I think you would use this song. Cause he said, it's like, it's hard. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, like I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I, I started using it. Um, and by my sophomore year, like the guys in the dugout were singing it. We had fans like getting interactive and they were singing, clapping. So that was a huge hit for me. It, it uh, kind of gets me in the zone. So I think I'm going to keep that one for sure. That's a good pick. I'm not, I don't know if I'm familiar with the song, but obviously familiar with uh, with DMX, RIP. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you you chose something I was familiar with, too, because every year, one of my favorite things now, uh, I'm about to turn 34 years old, and uh, with you guys all coming up now, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm listening to the choice of walk-up music, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know this song. I don't know this song. And I ask guys, I'm like, what is your walk-up song? And they tell me, and I'm like, I have to go look at that up, because I don't know what it is, so... <laughs> At least with DMX, yeah. I know who that is. I don't have to look that up. But there's been some in the past. So I was like, wow, I'm. I feel like I'm. I got to go and, and keep up with the music a little bit. And I'm not even, not even that old. Uh, there's been some good guys who have come through. I think uh, Christian Cairo last year kept using Notorious B.I.G. That was always fun. But I'm always curious to see what guys choose, and definitely feels good that I. It's something I already know. I don't have to feel like uh, the music <laughs> on me is getting too outdated. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. There's definitely some crazy walkout songs out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you, are you on social media a whole lot? Obviously, that's not you know how we connected. But uh, do you, if, if you have any uh, social media you want you want to direct fans to, tell them where to find you if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, not really. I I kind of uh, I just have Instagram and and Twitter. I don't I don't I'm not really like tech savvy, so I don't know how to. Uh, <laughs> how to use it too well, but I'm on there and uh, it's an easy way for me to kind of keep up with people. And uh, one of my favorite things to do is like, if I find out it's someone's birthday that I haven't, uh, this might sound weird, but like if someone's birthday that I haven't seen in a while, it's such an easy way to, you know, kind of reach out and say like, happy birthday, kind of stay in touch with people. So that's the big thing. Uh, social media with me kind of staying in touch with, with old friends, old teammates, uh, even family members. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, appreciate you taking the time to uh, jump on here with me and, and go through everything. We talked about, you know, just everything, Eagles, baseball, <laughs> college ball, music, movies. I think we covered just about anything. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you would have uh, liked to, to bring up? Anything maybe fans should know about you going into the, the season? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I would say uh, probably one main thing. I have two older brothers. Um, and this kind of fits in the role model type thing. They are my two best friends. It's, uh, they are, uh, my two biggest supporters, them and my mom and dad, um, and everything I do, like they are so involved and they're, they're a huge part in every decision, uh, I make. So I would say I, I would sneak that in there. Um, just kind of let, let people know that they are, uh, my two best friends. For sure. Shout out the family. That's good. Were they all with you? You said you were, they were all with you on draft day, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it was so yeah. cool. I, I uh, to see the look on their faces, Justin, after after my name was called, uh, was one of, if not the coolest things I've ever got to experience in my life. So that was definitely a special day and something that we'll remember forever. Well, wherever you start the season this year, hopefully they are down watching your first at bat. No doubt, they'll be they'll be in the stands. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Nate Furman. Looking forward to seeing you play this year, Nate. And uh, I think Cleveland fans are going to enjoy watching you play. I think that uh, that style of play you have is uh, something Cleveland fans definitely appreciate. And um, I think they'll definitely enjoy it. So uh, keep on being you and uh, looking forward to watching you this year. Thanks for doing this. Sounds great. I appreciate it, Justin. All right. Take care. 